This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I, I like to teach on the area given. I really do. And the reason I do it is because I've seen, I've seen what it's, it's done in my life. Just incredible what God's done. Well, I just say thank you, Lord. Well, a couple uh, things I've got to remind you of again. Uh, the, the taco plate is a great deal, Lord. Uh, guys, you've got to eat anyhow. You know, and so it, it, it's a blessing to many of our women to go to the women retreat. So you can buy tickets out there. Also, we have a partnership class just to partner with us here to church to, to say, you know what, we want to be a, a kingdom member with you guys. And so that's on Wednesday the 11th. And then again, the Waken for the, the women's retreat is a little under two months away. So I uh, encourage you to begin to plan for that and believe God for that, okay? All right, well, if you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Revelations chapter 12. Revelations chapter 12. Now, We've been talking about the area of, of favor. Um, I'm going to get on to it just real briefly a little bit. I'm more in the areas of faith. You've got to believe God for favor too. But negative words, and again, when I say negative words, a negative to the word to us would be uh, anything that would con- contradict God's word. That, that would be a negative word. And so... When I speak negative words or words that contradict God's word out of my mouth, I I release faith for something that I really do not desire. And so be very, very careful how you voice doubt and how you voice unbelief and how you voice fear. Okay? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the devil pays close attention to the words that come out of our mouth. Remember, death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. We're in Revelations 12. Begin with me in verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out. He was cast out of heaven. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. Now, the, world, uh, the word deceive means a, a false impression. It, it's a word that means he tries to bait us. He tries to lure us. One of the other translations for the word deceive, it says that he mingles the truth. He twists the truth. Now, I, I look at this verse and I think the, these are interesting words That described the devil. But this last one says, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So, you know, if you study scripture there, a third of the angels, for some unknown reason or crazy reason, they they decided to follow Lucifer. And so they were booted out of heaven. And again, if you pay real close attention, where were they cast to? They were cast right here to the earth. That's where they reside at, okay? In the heavenly realms here on the earth. Verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying, In heaven, now salvation. Woo! Right now, salvation is available. Right now. And I can tell you this, the Lord Jesus would say, just come as you are, okay? 
Well, you know, I, I got to get my stuff together before I come to Jesus. No, you're out of line when you do it that way. You need Jesus first. And strength and the kingdom of our God and the power or the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren. Now, when he talks about the accuser of the brethren, the brethren would define people that have given their heart to Jesus now. Now, if you've given your heart to Jesus, this is describing me and you. So he says, for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So when you begin to look at this, it's like in a court of law. The devil goes before God day and night, and, and he tries to tell the, the Father all the stuff we've done wrong. And he acts and he acts and he acts. But verse 11 gets us some great insight, okay? And they, who would the they be? That they would be the brethren. They would be us that are born again. And they overcame him. They overcame the devil. They overcame the serpent of old. And how did they overcome him? By the blood and the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And so the Bible lists two things that are necessary for me to overcome the devil. Now he says we've overcome him. So the very first thing he says is they overcome him by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of the lamb. So literally the blood of Jesus, it answers all the accusations. In God's eyes, Jesus' blood has satisfied all the charges. So every time the devil comes in and brings charges against you and me, and evidently he does, the Father just says, give me the evidence, give me the proof. Well, when we get born again, and we come under the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus is what qualifies me. So again, the blood silences all his accusations. Think about this in this sense. The blood of Jesus has already been shed. And he's already defeated the devil. So here's the question that arises that we overcome by the blood of Jesus. How do we appropriate the blood of Jesus? How do we appropriate the blood? Well, you appropriate the blood of Jesus the same way you get born again. Well, how do you get born again? You have faith. You believe the scriptures. Well, again, let's stop here and think a minute. How does faith operate? I believe with the heart. And I confess with my mouth. And so it's the same way. You want to start overcoming by the blood of Jesus. Start speaking out of your mouth the blood of the lamb. And another area that I appropriate the blood of Jesus is is in the area of forgiveness or repentance. The only way I get washed from the, uh, by the blood of Jesus is I got to confess my sin. I got to confess my sin. I, I got to confess my sin. Again, confession is something that comes out of my mouth that's a result It's what's in my heart. And so again, when we begin to see this right here, I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Woo, the name of, what a name, what a beautiful name the name of Jesus is. See, as a believer, you have a right to the name of Jesus. He said, I give you my name. But he also gives us his blood. 
You know, I'm, I'm going to jump off on this little story here. A couple of years ago, I was in a situation, and I was waiting for Shelly. And I was sitting out on this bench overlooking the ocean, and there was this guy there who, he, he was like a tourist trap. That tourists would come, and they want to get pictures with him. And he was spray painted in solid gold. Everything was gold. I mean, you could see him from blocks. If the sun hit him, man, he was just glitter. And he had these massive angel wings on. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching people come and pay to get pictures with him. And I'm telling you, just something in my heart didn't seem right. It was almost like. Something's not right, and so I would watch him do stuff. So I'm sitting there for a little bit, and I start watching him taking pictures with people. And I got up, and I went around and looked, and I started looking. And he would levitate. He would go off the ground. And he'd sit there, and I was like, and so again, guys, I I knew this is demonic as it can be. Well, I love to sing about the blood of oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes me white as snow. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It cleanses me and makes me whole. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now. When you start talking about the blood of the Lamb, the devil knows we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. He knows that. And so when you start speaking about the blood and you start singing about the blood and you start speaking the blood not only over your life, your kid's life, I mean, he takes notice. So I sit there and I'm, I'm just singing the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Before long, there's no one around but me and him. And he gets this look on his face and he's really focusing. And I, I can see him. His, his head would wrinkle and stuff. And he was doing, and I mean, you could just, and all of a sudden he went, and I'm right there and he looks at me. And I look at him and I could tell Something is in, or he knew something was interfering with what I'm wanting to do. And I just sat there and looked and I wanted to say, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me. And so I just sit there and look and I just continue to, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Well, guys, he, he could not operate in that atmosphere with the blood of the Lamb. It was like he had to bow to the blood of Jesus. Now get this. I'm no match for the devil. Until I put on the blood of Jesus. And it's the same with me and you. And so ultimately he left. And so I could tell you more stories. But I need to keep preaching the word. I got off a little bit there. I kind of like to tell you guys stories. So the first one is they overcome by the blood of the lamb. Now look at this one. And by the word... Of their testimony. The word of whose testimony? The brethren. Mine and yours. We overcome by the utterance of our testimony. And so our testimony agrees with what Jesus purchased for us. So we declare the ultimate victory in Christ. We declare it. But also when I declare Christ's ultimate victory. I do it with my own lips. And I start professing that and I say it. And so we maintain our faith by continually talking about the blood of Jesus and Jesus' redemptive work in our lives. So that's my testimony. You know what my testimony is? Ooh, the blood of Jesus. Jesus saved me. man. And so when I, I talk about my testimony, 
It's literally I begin to say what Jesus has done for me. So your experiences in life and my experiences in life are largely determined by the words out of my mouth. Now let me ask you something. What are you declaring? What's your declaration? I, I start declaring everything the blood of Jesus has done for me. So my words prepare me for God to move or they hinder God to move. And, and my words, I found out, and even biblically, and I want to show you this, my words have the ability to cause a domino effect. How's that? Well, go with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 6. Joshua, chapter 6. Now, once we get here, many of you are going to realize real quick the, the passage of Scripture I'm going with. But I want to highlight something here. In this passage, you're going to see the power of silence... And the power of a shout in both of this. So I'm going to start here in verse 1, Joshua 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because the children of Israel, and none went out and none came in. And so literally what happened, the, the people of Jericho, they retreated inside the walls because they didn't want to fight with Israel. Verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, it's king and the mighty men of valor. Now, right there is a promise that God gave to, to Joshua. He said, see, I've given this to you. God promised him that. Verse 3. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you'll do for six days. Now, when you look at that, you may go, hmm, that's not... Uh, a conventional way of warfare, is it? Verse 4. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall mark around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. Now I, I, I love to cross-reference verses here. And this one was cross-referenced to Psalms 47.1. And you know what it says part of our weapons of our warfare are? Not only a shout, but to clap our hands. It's an outward view of, or an outward manifestation of my view of what's inward me. And I clap unto God. I shout unto God. And so this is what he said. When that trumpet sounds, you shout, you clap. Now again, you may think, I've never heard of warfare like this. Verse 5. It shall come to pass... When they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. So again, we see a promise here from God. Here's the great dilemma for mankind. Do I obey the word of God even when it doesn't make sense in the natural. This has been a dilemma for a long time. So something happens if I follow what God asked me to do. Now, if you'll note something in this passage, there was no other option. You either do what God prescribed or you don't. Verse 10. Now, Joshua would command the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. Now, 
to me, this was Joshua's way of, of nipping any negative talk in the bud, okay? This was what he said for him to do. And the reason that Joshua said this, if we went back into the Numbers 13, verse 31 and 32, this was the same guy who would witness the power of negative words. Remember earlier, God had said, you send the 12 spies into the land. And they came back and, and 10 of them had a negative report and two said a, a good report. Well, Joshua was one of the ones that said we can but you know those other two, or those other ten are the ones who said, we can't. Now this is where the domino effect comes in. Do you know those ten who said they couldn't influenced, some records say up to three million people. Ten of them. And so right here, you know what I believe Joshua was saying here? Fellas, we're not going to go down that road again. Remember what, what, what the things that happened the time before. So Joshua was saying, okay, what did God tell us to do this time? And it would be very easy for those same people to say, well, that's dumb. You're just trying to make us look like idiots. That we walk around six days, when we don't say a word. And then the seventh day, we make all this noise. And so again, think about this. My negative words have the ability to affect me. They have the ability to affect people around me. And they have the ability to affect my children, even in my home. Now, his prescription here, what, what Joshua tells him to do, it wouldn't be necessary if there wasn't power in the words. Now, I want you to look at something real close in verse 10. Real close. You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word, nor shall a word. But it's just, it's just a little word. It's just, but it's interesting. He says, you shall not say a word. Wow. So I believe right here, what he does here, is he's given us insight, man, on how powerful my words are, but also to, to silence unbelief. If you go back and look at their problem in numbers, murmuring got him in trouble, complaining got him in trouble. And so right here, I believe this is a warning to us. When you're facing great challenges in your life, don't let your lips speak unbelief or doubt. Don't let it. God grace me in this area. Grace me. Same chapter, verse 14. So the second day, they marched around the city once, and they returned to camp. So they did six days. Marched around it and didn't say a word. Six days they did it. Now, I don't know if you've ever really thought about that. You know what I thought about with that when I read that? That was a miracle. That's a miracle. I mean, if we all came in here and we did that every night for six nights, we went around and said, Nobody, not a word, not a word. Somebody would probably say, this is stupid. This is a miracle. This is crazy miracle to me. I looked and I thought, oh my gosh, Father God. Well, he must have really, really, Joshua said, listen, I'm not playing. Verse 14. 
And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did six days. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day. They marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priest blew those trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given the city. I looked at this and I thought, Shout, shout, for the Lord has given us the city. You shout by faith. And here's a little nugget for you. You shout before the walls come down. You shout before the walls go. Well, that's stupid. Not in God's eyes, it's not. Remember, God had promised them all this. So when I look at the word of God, I think, man, when I begin to live by his word and I do these things that he asked me, man, something begins to happen within the inside of me when I just obey God. So again, in this passage right here, we see the power of silence. James 1.19, be swift to hear and slow to speak. And then the power of a shout. Now, I'm going to move real quick. I'm going to skip one scripture. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to give you another scenario in, this, in the Bible. It's, it's awesome. This, this one is incredible too. Luke chapter 1. Verse number 5 is where I'm going to begin. And I'm going to take off reading here. There was in the days of Herod, Herod the Great, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. Let me just throw this in here real quick. The, the, the priests in that time frame, they were, divide, they were divided into 24 different groups or sections. The, the name Abijah right here that he's talking about, the division of Abijah, that was one of the 24 sections, okay? His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and his name was, her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. They walked in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. This is great. They served God. These people served God. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. Now this is where favor comes in, okay? This is how the cross reference got it this time. The Jews considered children to be a sign of God's favor. That's what that was actually about right there. The Jews still to this day, they say that is that's God's favor. Verse 8. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division. Now each section of priests, guys, they served in the temple one week twice a year, okay? So this is what this guy named Zacharias is doing. Verse 9. According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, there's another nugget in here. The, the priest here could have the privilege of burning incense in the holy place only once during his lifetime and sometimes never. So this guy is highly favored. He's highly blessed. This is a big deal for him to do this. Verse 10. And the whole multitude of people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord is Gabriel. Gabriel's big. He's bad to the bone. He's, he's a big one. Then Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. I, I've never seen Gabriel. Now, some of these guys tell me how big he was. You know what? If we saw, if we saw him, 
we'd probably wet ourselves. <laughs> I mean, so this is like, oh my gosh, what, what's he doing here? So keep reading. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And I'm going to give you a nugget off of that, for your prayer is heard. Don't give up on your prayers, okay? Don't quit on your prayers, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Do you know what the name John means? It's Lord Yahweh has shown favor. That's what that means. Yahweh has shown favor. And you're going to name him John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will receive it as birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and to the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Okay. Now this is where it gets real interesting. And Zacharias said to Gabriel, how shall I know this? Now this was astonishing news for Zacharias and Elizabeth. How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. We're older than dirt. How can this happen? And so Rather than rejoicing with great joy and and anticipation, he questions Gabriel. The message says, do you expect me to believe this? Now, this gets interesting. Watch Gabriel's reply. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. A thundering response. And was spent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. You're going to be mute. So you know what he was basically telling him? Zacharias, we're going to supernaturally zip your lip. Because we don't want you to sort circuit. What God has desired to do. Now think about this. He said way back, your prayer's been heard. That's why he said don't give up on your prayers. And so now he's well advanced in years and it's happening. And this angel Gabriel said, listen, I'm not going to let you with your mouth short circuit your prayers. Now look what he says to him. Because you did not Believe my words. So we go back to Joshua and them. I got to believe the promises of God. And in this situation, he, he tells me, you didn't believe my words. Something happens when I get into agreement with the word of God. You didn't believe my words. Now, I, I, I thought about bringing a, a tube of Gorilla Glue in here. And just saying, you know what? We're going to zip some lips tonight. <laughs> Pastor, you inclu- I'm included. You're going to zip my lip. I wonder how many times in our life 
God's wanting to do something. Remember what he said. We heard your prayers. We've heard your prayers. Same with us. I wonder how many times he's heard my prayers. And when things don't work on my watch, and things don't go happen how I think they should, I'm like, man, God's not working. God's not doing it. God doesn't see anything. And so maybe it would help if we got an image of Gabriel standing before us saying, I got the gorilla glue. Do I, do I, do I got to mute you? I, I don't know about you. I'm at a place in my life where I'm saying, Lord, m- mute me. Mute me. I, I don't want to short circuit what you want to do. And so he ends this and he says this. You did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. When would they be fulfilled? In their own time. You know what their own time means? It's God's time. God knows. Now again, why God waits till people are late in their years to have kids? Like, I don't know, but he's God. So who am I to question that? But what I begin to see in both of these things. Whoo. How powerful my words are. How powerful are your words? Now let me ask you something. Is there something you've been praying about? Is there something you've been standing on? I'm I'm, I'm just telling what I sense the Lord speaking right into my heart earlier today. He said, tell him. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Be careful, okay? Put a guard on it. Put a guard on it. Why don't you stand up here with me, okay? Wow. Same for every one of us in this room. So what can happen in this? Let's just put our name in the store instead of Zacharias. Just put my name in there. And so I, I, I can fall into the same traps and I don't want to do that. And so again, I, I can go back. I mean, there's times I need to be silent. There's times I just need to be quiet. And then there's times when I begin to speak. I speak the name of Jesus. I speak the promises of God. I I speak the blood of Jesus. I speak the blood of Jesus. So I encourage you. Speak the blood over your life. Speak the blood over your, your home. Speak the blood over your marriage. I speak the blood over my, my pillow. <laughs> I, I do this quite often during the day. I speak the blood over my mind. I say, oh, Lord Jesus, I welcome your blood today. I welcome your blood. You're crazy, aren't you? Yeah, I am for Jesus. I'm crazy for Jesus, okay? I'm... If, if you ever pull up at a traffic light next to me, I got my hands on my head. Or I'm talking to my, don't freak out, okay? Just look and say, Pastor, we'll lay hands on you too. Okay, I welcome it in the name of Jesus. I'm serious. Let's you bow your head and let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you. Lord, I thank you that your word tonight stirs up faith within this room. And Lord, we, your brethren, woo, we thank you that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And Lord, let us, let us be men and women that follow the heart of Joshua and Caleb that just continually spoke the things of the kingdom of God. 
Lord, Lord, guard our hearts of graciousness today. Now, if this is you, if, you've, if you know, man, I, man I'm short-circuiting myself by my tongue. Just put your hands up. And probably every one of us in here need to raise hands. But Father God, we raise hands to you today. And we ask you right now to, to discipline us in the words that come out of my mouth. Father God, we thank you for the name of you. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for your word tonight. And over every person in here right now, I speak your blood in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebeck.com.